0: Like, if I had to pick a CFL stadium where I think this would happen, you know, Molson Stadium in Montreal would not be first on my list. Okay, why? I just think, you know, your potential for adverse weather is much higher in a place like Calgary or, you know, Saskatchewan or Winnipeg, I think, than it would be from Ontario. But, you know, what do I know about weather? I thought you said Montreal. Or sorry, what did I? I, You said Ontario. Yeah. Oh, well, that's Anyone too, but... from Montreal
1: can now yeah. be aware that they are part of Ontario as per the curriculum of Dave Turnbull. Uh, this is what he I teaches really, children. I really,
0: I really hope we, uh, we don't have like, a significant amount of like, Quebecois who listen to this podcast. I, I see, don't really know why like they would, you. because it's not in French. I hope we do But you know what? If we did, we just alienated them all, and I'm sorry. We
1: is too many people, Dave. We is... I always thought <laughs> that I would be the one to anger the Quebecois. And no, no, no. It was not I. It was he of the Montreal, Ontario just remember,
0: I'm still a Canadiens fan, and I still love Boutin. Until, wanna put that out until there.
1: they traded away P.K. Subban, and then you abandon them for effectively nothing. You are listening to a belated episode 26 of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast, the podcast of two unqualified idiots rambling on sports topics they likely know nothing about for an indeterminate timeline in a hastily thrown-together format. Brought to us this week by Avalanche. Avalanche of stuff, which is what I was buried under this past week. I'm Carlos Sacco, and with me, as always, is Dave Turnbull.
0: Hey, Carlos. Good to know that you're still alive, or at least we think you're still alive, although you could be in a zombified form. It's very possible.
1: The reality is uh, we didn't have an episode last week. We sort of did, but we didn't. The, the short version of it is, I basically got buried, completely buried in work beyond measure, to the point that it's still burying me right now, even as I'm talking. But with that said, we're, the show will go on. Here's a proper episode 26 It should have happened last week. Unfortunately, by the time I got around to potentially editing it, everything we talked about basically became dated. And there's no point in having a podcast episode out, hey, you know that thing that's coming up on Monday, and then publish it on Tuesday, or Wednesday, or Thursday. That's, that wasn't going to fly, and I didn't want to put that out there into the world. But we're back this week, and hopefully we'll be talking about something that will not immediately become irrelevant by the time we hit the stop button. That's something to go for, something to attain. So today we're gonna we're gonna be a little light on the news and notes because realistically, I've been looking and stuff's happening, but again, it still feels like kind of a dead zone. There's still things occurring, but a lot of it is just baseball keeps churning on, and so, you know some of the players have gone on their new teams. There's been a little bit of that. Uh, we did mention in the previous you know lost episode that Aaron Sanchez joined the Houston Astros and had a combined no hitter. That was actually happening as we were talking, which was very surprising and uh, kind of an impressive debut for aaron sanchez we'll see what the future holds for him and if the houston astros of all teams are able to unlock the aaron sanchez potential that we thought that he might be able to have in toronto but it just never came together past that one season if he can get past some of those uh, blister and injury issues then you never know he might be a quality starter for that team and if they can make that happen that'll be huge for houston who's already a strong team anyway as if zach granke wasn't enough with all that said We're going to talk a little bit about today Colin Kaepernick because that's everybody's favorite topic. We're going to talk about a couple of angles on that topic, bringing it back. You know, speaking of zombified things, bring it back from the dead because Colin Kaepernick never dies. But first, a couple of news and notes. Specifically, I wanted to focus in on our other good friend who probably is also zombified. Being a zombie might be the last thing left for him to get some attention. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown needs your attention. As part of that... It wasn't enough for him to get the equivalent of, I guess, freezer burn on his foot from wearing the wrong footwear for cryotherapy, which is ridiculous and really an Antonio Brown kind of thing, in and of itself. If that's not enough, the man apparently is in inside of a bit of an appeal where he wants to wear his old helmet, which apparently the NFL no longer will, wants to allow him to use. And he's threatened... Now, we, I take with a grain of salt how seriously we should take Antonio Brown in anything, let alone this, but apparently if he doesn't get his way and can't wear his helmet, he may just retire. The Oakland Raiders are currently doing very well on their investment of Antonio Brown. Giving this man Aww. more money was a great idea, Dave. Agreed?
0: Yes, just like giving Bryce Harper all that money was a great idea.
1: The difference is at least Bryce Harper's on the field. Whether he's able to earn the money or not, it's not because <laughs> – it's not necessary. He may also turn out to be a nut bar, but it's not because he's a nut bar that this is an issue. It's no, practical. fair enough.
0: I mean I just want to get a Bryce Harper dig in there. Yeah. But but in in reality, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, you're probably thinking, thank God. Like just thank God. I'm so glad we got rid of this guy. Like so glad.
1: What's interesting to me is it's a very real possibility. You know, Antonio Brown's desire for attention notwithstanding, there's a very real possibility that this may also be inadvertently a way of camouflaging that Derek Carr is not Ben Roethlisberger. For all his faults, Ben Roethlisberger at least is a competent quarterback. The question is going to be if Derek Carr can at least, you know, throw the ball well enough to be able to come close to the kind of production that Antonio Brown has had historically – the thing with Antonio Brown's baggage is you'll live with it as long as the production is there. But if Derek Carr can't make the throws to position to position Antonio Brown so that he can do it, his production will drop off. And all of a sudden, you're paying all this money and dealing with all these issues with somebody whose production doesn't even match up to that, in addition to all the problems and off-field things that he's already starting to cause. He basically can't keep his mouth shut and stay out of trouble. Just go play football. You've already got the contract.
0: Well, And this seems to be just a, a thing where it's like, like Really? So his issue is he wants to play with a 10-year-old helmet because the new helmets, which are safer. Let's let's not forget that, Carlos. That, you know, part of this is the reason they, they do the new helmets is because they're safer. And, you know, with all the concussion trouble and playing football, there's a better chance of you not getting concussed wearing, you know, the most up-to-date and approved and safe helmet.
1: Plus it lets the NFL pretend they care. That's important.
0: Well, that you. That's that important. Too.
1: Less lawsuits, Dave. Less lawsuits if you pretend you care.
0: Correct. But obviously this helmet that he wants to wear is not as good as that. But no, it's, it's a vision thing. And apparently the Raiders have sent him several different... It's not just like, here's your choice. You have to wear this helmet. It's, here's a bunch of helmets that have been approved. You can wear any of these. And he doesn't want to wear any of them.
1: I feel like this is almost a conversation that we've had... In hockey, where people talk about visors, because in the juniors, you have to wear a visor is part of, you know, coming up in the system now. And then, we're, talking we're, ho- we're
0: talking hockey, right? We're
1: talking hockey. We're talking yeah. hockey. Yeah. But then when they get to the NHL, they no longer have to wear a visor. And some of them say, oh, well, you know, I can't see as well with the visor. Well, in junior, you had no problem seeing with the visor. You're just trying and to. And
0: obviously, it. also no problem being a player of that caliber that you made it to the NHL. Yeah. Well the thing right? is also so, also so, you know what I mean it's, it hasn't affected your your ability to play at all.
1: Yeah, well the thing is you have to look that there are some you know hall of fame caliber players who wear visors today. Alexander Ovechkin wears a visor and he's the most prolific goal scorer of a modern era.
0: Oh there's lots of people who wear visors.
1: Yeah apparently it hasn't caused an issue for him to be able to score goals which is kind of what he does. So it's you know the whole visor the the visor thing, the reason why I mention it is because the argument that a lot of them have is like, well, I find it harder to see with the visor on. It's like, how come the guy who scores the most goals doesn't seem to have a – he manages to hit the top corner just fine. Bringing it back into football, it's, it's a claim that it's like, well, the helmet obstructs. Like, I, I kind of doubt that. I, I really don't think the design of the helmet is really going to prevent – if you're as elite a wide receiver as you claim, because he trains in ways that he is supposed to be in an uncomfortable position or partially obstructed or the ball comes up on him quickly. He trains for that. You can train for, you can train wearing one of these helmets. The, I really don't think the adjustment should be that much. I really think it's one of those Antonio Brown pettiness things. It's just whatever you can complain about or whatever you can do that also gets you a little bit of attention, it's it's, it's all news is good news in the world of Antonio Brown. Good bad yeah, or different.
0: Totally. And, and and really, it's not about anybody else. It's about Antonio Brown and only Antonio Brown. And he's all about him. And, and he's found another way to take away from the team and the performance of the team and the, even the performance of himself and make the his sideshow the story, which is ridiculous. It really is. And it. I'm not an Oakland Raiders fan. I mean, neither are you. That's been well documented on this podcast. But I feel bad for the team because they don't, you know, anyone who's an Oakland Raiders fan, and they have a good fan base. You know, I don't know if they'll still have that same great fan base when they move to uh, Las Vegas, but they have a great fan base. And I feel bad for that fan base because of crap, and any fan base really, unless it's the Atlanta Falcons, for this kind of crap.
1: Now, before I move on from this subject, I don't want to completely bury. So the thing is, the the helmet thing is the most recent one. But burning your foot because you wore the wrong foot gear to cryotherapy—that's that's fantastic. It, it's really kind of glorious. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that very much as well. Any thoughts? Yeah. On, any thoughts yeah. on that? You were supposed to be taking care of yourself, and you managed to hurt yourself worse. Cryotherapy. Cryotherapy is supposed to help you.
0: I, I I don't even know what to say. Like I, I I don't even. I it's it's beyond the pale of like idiocy. It's just another level of complete. And utter stupidity. That's all it is. It some. It's some part of me feels that he did it on purpose, strictly so he could be more of a new in the news, and that's it.
1: Got to keep up the branding, Dave. Got to keep up branding. You Got to be in the all news is good news. That's basically that's what I'm saying.
0: In the end of the yeah. day,
1: I don't know. Here's the thing: whether it's meant for attention or not, I I feel like it's a bad sign on your on where your focus is, if you are in a position where you're trying to do something like a cryotherapy which is a standard practice like it's not a thing that nobody no other players do it is a thing that players do it's it's meant to be like a recovery thing and obviously when you're doing something like that it's it's sort of like a medical procedure so there are rules that you follow and you know what they are you like the person that's working with you on it will tell you wear this kind of footwear you know be careful only stay in there for a certain amount of time only do a certain specific things don't do this don't do that whatever they'll give you all the safety spiel because it's like well if you don't do that you can hurt yourself in some way and he clearly wasn't paying enough attention and I feel like a lack of attention to detail forget about forget about the foot thing he'll heal I'm not I don't think that's gonna affect him necessarily on the field but I feel like it's a bad sign that even something that presumably should be that simple where you have help to make sure you do it right you're not paying enough attention to avoid it yeah like I don't feel like you're gonna give you're gonna burn your feet or hurt your feet intentionally. I don't think he minded the attention they got for it, but I don't think you're going to do that. There are different ways you can get attention without hurting yourself on purpose. So I don't think it goes quite that far, but it's still a bad sign that you're not paying attention to the details. And then we're expected, this is your first season in Oakland. So your first impression right now, you haven't even started yet. And already, we're not sure if you can get on the field. So that's kind of a concern, I would think. If I was an Oakland Raiders fan, or a member of the a member of the front office, or John Gruden, or anybody, or Derek Carr, whoever, can this guy at least get on the field before he starts causing trouble? No, apparently not. Yeah. So, as I said, news and notes is going to be kind of light, but let's talk about this. As far as we're concerned here, we do have we do have a potential cross country running report, so that's good. But you have something here about MLB. Tell me a little bit about it. What are you What are you seeing here?
0: So. You know, the part of me is thinking with this story is why didn't this happen?
1: Oh, is this the Field before? of Dreams thing?
0: Yes, this is I, the Field of Dreams. I didn't get a chance. Thing. So,
1: if just for everybody's knowledge, Dave put some articles in our little document that we used to to plan out the podcast. This one was kind of thrown together a little bit last minute. But even reading the headline here, I'm like, wait, this is the Field of Dreams thing. Okay, go on. Go ahead and explain it.
0: Right. So, so what's happening is uh, in. Uh, the Chicago White Sox are going to host in quotation marks because it's obviously not in Chicago. The New York Yankees a year from now, so it's it's a ways away. Uh, but they're gonna play at the Field of Dreams, which is near Dyersville, Iowa. So yeah, you know it's real, you're gonna it's have a
1: real field, but basically like a tourist destination at this point, I would think. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you're gonna have a regular season that baseball game that counts at the Field of Dreams. And it's going to be a Yankees-White Sox game, right? And basically what's happening is MLB is trying to do a thing where they're staging games in historic but non-traditional baseball locales. Or like, right, so they had one in Nebraska previously. Uh, all this They've started doing a, I don't know how many years they've done it for now, but they've started playing a Major League Baseball game during the Little League World Series now uh there's this or maybe it's more than it maybe it's a series i can't remember if it's just one game if it's a series but they they have uh mlb games in williamsport now uh and and, and things like that i think so, stuff like
1: that is good it's kind of cool. of the game it's a good promotion of the game to have a game you're you're not really sacrificing anything in the sense that in the long run it's better baseball as a sport needs growth still at this point because it's lost some ground to the other major sports. It Absolutely. needs stuff like this. It's good for baseball to do stuff like this and get out there.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, it's obviously it's the White Sox, which is good too based on the movie, right? Shoeless Joe and, and all that jazz. It's nice that they actually have the, the White Sox there. Uh, you know, so I I am a big, big believer in this. I think it's awesome. And I'm, you know, I don't know how many, you know, if you build it, that he uh he will come kind of jokes we're gonna get between now and then but all of them i, I, I yeah i give my thumbs up to this move because I think that's uh, it's cool uh and this is definitely a game that I'll try and watch next year and and I'm excited for it already I mean I'm not like through the roof excited because it's a year over year way or year way but I'm looking forward to it already because I think that's pretty freaking cool
1: yeah I think uh as far as that's concerned I'm good with it I have no issue like i said the Major League Baseball needs this type of promotion and it's a good uh, it's a good promotion to associate yourself with an iconic baseball movie that people still love and it it holds up to a large degree like a lot of it still is a great movie. I have it in, you know, in my shelf over here in my collection. I don't watch it that often, but it's but it is a legitimately great movie along with The Natural and along with Major League. There's a couple of baseball movies that really hold up even as time goes on and if you're a baseball fan and you enjoy it, these are great movies. One thing yeah. that I would say kind of to the point that you were alluding to at the beginning of your point was it is a shame that it's going to take until next year I kind of wish they had planned this out in advance because this year would have made more sense because this year is the 30th anniversary of the movie. From yeah. like a promotion standpoint, it, the movie was 1989. 2019, 30th anniversary would have been like a beautiful, uh, obviously, I feel like 20th anniversary, uh, you know, 2009 would have been even better. But forget it. You could do. You could have done 20, 25th, but even 30th anniversary, great timing if you had planned it for 2019. But you would have had to do that last year. You know, it, I guess at the end of the day, it's still better. You did announce it this year at the same year that they're celebrating the 30th anniversary of the movie. So it's not a bad thing and I still think it will draw attention because as I, as I said it is an iconic movie. You know, Kevin Costner's still around, he can promote it. So there, there's a lot of little things you can do that'd be kind of cool. Imagine if you did like um imagine if you did a, co- a commercial with Kevin Costner. You know, kind of referencing the if you build it and then, you know, lead that into a promotion for the game. And you can put that on ESPN, you could put it on one of the major networks and make it into a network special. Here's a special game that we're going to have at this iconic location that you know if you've seen the movie. Yeah. You could totally do it, and I think it would play very well. So I guess it's good that they, they've at least thought about it, and now they have some time to make sure to plan it and make it good, make it fun for people, I think. So I think yeah. it could be good, but it's still a while away. So we'll look, we can look forward to that in
0: 2020. Absolutely.
1: All right. So tell me. Other item we've got on here is a little bit about the uh,
0: Alouettes. A- a yeah. Storm ending the game early. Tell me more. Yeah. Well, so this I find I, I find interesting mostly because I have been at a CFL game that has been delayed because of lightning and ex- adverse weather, All right. So obviously – and especially with Canada being Canada, the potential for adverse weather in – canada during a cfl game is is quite high
1: i know not of what you talk about i've been told that canada has perfect pristine controlled temperature weather all year round
0: and yeah right so anyway um this is kind of historical note so this week the saskatchewan rough riders of montreal alouettes were playing a game in montreal but which was won by saskatchewan by 17 to 10 score none of that is particularly noteworthy whatsoever what makes this noteworthy is because the game was called because of weather. So what happened was the officials called the game on account of lightning after they'd already had an hour long delay and there was about 2 minutes uh, about 2 minutes 3 minutes left in the third quarter. Now, I've definitely been to a game that's had a, like at least an hour delay or actually I think I probably left the game to be honest with you because the delay was so long. But you know, I've been to a game where they've they've you know it's been raining so hard or the storm rolls through in Hamilton and you know they call it they take all the players off the field, they go to the locker room, and we kinda, you know, go into the concourse and, and wait it out. What it says is the protocol is basically that uh, if you have a delay of an hour or more and you're past the midway of the third quarter, you can end the game and it counts as an official game. Yeah. Kind of like Major League Baseball in the sense where if you've played uh, five innings or four and a half innings, if the home team is winning, you can count it as an official game. Yeah, you just have to get
1: far enough into the game where they, where they it's not at the beginning of the game. If it's in the first quarter, you're not going to
0: call that. I know. Yeah. And so under current CFL rules with the new bar, uh, collective bargaining agreement, this is, you know, legit. It's okay to do that. And they chose to do that. So Saskatchewan's now five and three, and Montreal is at three and four in the record. So obviously you know the game mattered. And I think it's just interesting because it's never happened before, right? It's one of those things that it's on the books, and they could do it. I mean, the only thing that's really somewhat comparable is the Fog Bowl, uh, which was the Great Cup in 1962, where they actually stopped the game. But then they continued it the next day. So they stopped it because of fog, but they actually played the next day. Whereas never before has a CFL game, they've said, okay, we've had bad weather and the game's over and it's done and the counts as an official game. So I thought it was just noteworthy because it hasn't happened before. That's very- and, you know, it's, it's interesting to think, like for me anyway, like if I had to pick a CFL stadium where I think this would happen, you know, Molson Stadium in Montreal would not be first on my list. Okay, why? I just think you know your potential for adverse weather is much higher in a place like Calgary or you know Saskatchewan or Winnipeg, I think, than it would be from Ontario. But you know, what do I know about weather? I thought you said Montreal. Or sorry, what did I? What did I yeah, you said Ontario. It, oh. Well, that Anyone too, but... from Montreal
1: can now yeah. be aware that they are part of Ontario as per the curriculum of Dave Turmel. Uh, this is what he I teaches really, children. I really,
0: I really hope we, uh, we don't have like, a significant amount of like, Quebecois who listen to this podcast. I, I don't really know why I they would because it's not in French. I hope we do But you know what? If we did, we just alienated them all. And I'm sorry.
1: We is too many people, Dave. We is, I always thought that <laughs> I would be the one to anger the Quebecois. And no, no, no. It was not I. It was he of the Montreal, Ontario
0: just remember, I'm still a Canadiens fan, and I still love Poutine. I just want to put that out until there. Until they
1: traded away P.K. Subban, and then you abandoned them for effectively nothing.
0: No, I abandoned them until Nashville traded away P.K. Subban, and now I'm back. I'm back, baby. I'm back.
1: Wow. Just wow. Well, I look forward to seeing some more Montreal Canadiens game in Ontario. You know, i got to visit another Ontario team. So, uh, you know, it's important. Hey, you know what?
0: They they do That will happen because they do play Ottawa, and they do play the Maple Leafs. So, you know.
1: Good save, Dave. Good save. Dave.
0: <sighs> Let's move on, please.
1: That topic was worth it just for that alone.
0: Well, I guess I, I guess I know what the intro to the show is going to be this week.
1: Oh, yes. Now, with all that said, I think we can now smoothly uh, transition to Montreal, Ontario's favorite segment, the Pretentious Cross-Country Running Report with Dave Turnbull.
0: Okay, so this time I'm going in a little bit of a different direction. with the And no, no, I'm not. No, I, know, right. I know it's not, but I'm, I have to say it because it otherwise just, I feel bad. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, no, so this one is a, is a Premier League story, uh, but it's a little bit different. My favorite team, which, I again, I'm sure I've mentioned multiple times, is Arsenal. Right? They play in North London. And they have two players on their team, Mesut Ozil and uh, Sayed Kalasinet, who were actually in an attempted carjacking. Hmm. So they were going to – I don't know where they were headed to, but it was in London. And they were driving like a sort of SUV-type vehicle people tried to, like, attack them with knives and steal the car or whatever, and it got out of the car and, you know, fought them off, and there's kind of a cool-looking video where he's fighting them off and, and whatever. And you think, okay, it's done. And then there was news that they're playing Arsenal's playing Newcastle tomorrow, so Sunday, in their first game of the Premier League season, and both Ozil and Kolasinac, who are fit and healthy, will not be in the game. And the reason they're not going to be in the game is because of security concerns, and then a story came out uh, in the last couple of days that uh, two men have been arrested trying to get into um, the home of Mezidozel. So it makes me think, you know what I mean? Where there's smoke, there's fire. That something in here is going on more than you know, more than we think, because you know, like it's it's very unusual, and I don't think I've ever heard this happen before. I mean. Granted, I've heard, you know, players because of a political situation, if they're playing like a European match and, you know, say the team's based in, I don't know, the team's based in Germany and they're traveling to, you know, Armenia and there, you know, there's a player of Azerbaijani descent or or whatever, you know, like that kind of thing where they're like, you know what, we can't necessarily guarantee the safety of the players. So they're not going to travel, right? That's, I've heard that before. That's not uncommon. Right. Or or, you know, where somebody attacks the attacks a bus or something. But this kind of story where there are actually threats against people and and they're they don't want them to play because they're worried that something might happen at the game. Let's just put this way. It sounds like something out of South America, Central America, which is part of CONCACAF. I just want to put that in for you, Carlos.
1: It's important. We got to have the bingo card. We can't go entire episodes. It would be very sad.
0: But but yeah, like it, it to me, I'm going, Okay, what the hell is really going on here? I, I mean, I don't think there's some kind of conspiracy or anything like that, but but why these two players and, and what's with the repeated? Like, are they linked? Because we don't know that yet. Was it the seemed, carjacking, It seems shifty.
1: It seems interesting. It seems more than coincidental that stuff seems to be happening with these
0: individuals. Yes, I will agree with that. So I just thought I would put that out there for, for people who may not have heard of it and to kind of change it up this week with the Pretentious cross Country Running Report. So it's, it's not just me... Uh, Crapping on CONCACAF, there's, you know, something else here. There you go.
1: Fair enough. That was a pretentious cross-country running report with Dave Turnbull. Now, I will say, uh, while Dave was explaining a story, I was listening to him. But at the same time, I was turning my head, you know, doing the multi-screen life. And I was wincing because I was watching the, uh, the UFC is happening tonight in Uruguay. Normally, I would say this is something I'm looking forward to, but it's happening as we're talking. I will say to you, since it will already be done by the time you hear this podcast, if you do get a chance, try to catch the replay. And specifically, now, if you're squeamish or something like that, then I recommend exactly the opposite of what I'm about to say. But if, it's, if you are a fight fan and you, and you want to see some you know, toughness personified, you can check out a fight between uh, Vincente Luque taking on um, Mike Perry. And the fight finished. They went the distance. But Mike Perry basically was uh, bleeding pools of his own blood because I think on a knee where they showed a recap, I think his nose was entirely collapsed inward. He basically had a dent in the middle of his nose, which is one of the most ridiculously gruesome things I've seen. Oh. Yeah, and I was just like, and the guy was actually in a guillotine in that, fighting his way out of it, and kept fighting that until the very end of the fight. So tough as hell, but I wouldn't want to be his cosmetic surgeon because he's going to need to get that thing fixed. It, Yikes. It's not meant to go that way, is all I'm saying to you. So if that is something you're okay seeing, then you can look it up, the fight that I'm referring to. It's in UFC Uruguay, which is going to be headlined by Valentina Shevchenko taking on Liz Carmouche. Which is a fight that hasn't happened yet, as I'm talking, but should potentially be a good one. Could potentially be a barn burner. I don't know. We're going to see. But I'm just letting you guys know, in case it won't be in my things to look forward to, because, yikes. I've seen a lot of things in the UFC, believe me. I even saw the early UFCs where there were really no rules, and that one still made me grimace. Ouch. Yikes. Yeah. So I just thought let, let you know. That's a little live, unnecessary nonsense podcast commentary. All right. So I think as far as news and notes, I believe... We have addressed the main ones that we wanted to talk about. So I think uh, you wanted to refer... So we'll get to the main topic. It's going to be a little bit of a truncated episode because we wanna, we're want to. we a little streamlined. We kind of put the thing together late at the last minute. But we still had a couple of topics we want to talk about. But let's talk about Mr. Colin Kaepernick, the zombified story himself. I think you had some thoughts and some things you wanted to bring to the table in 2019 related to this man.
0: Well, yeah. So I'm not going to get into the background because I think any at this point... Anybody who follows sports knows the background.
1: Yeah, you can Google. You can Google the particulars of how the Colin Kaepernick thing started. Where we started is not necessarily where we are. Just important thing that as time has gone on, the the perception of what happened and how it's happened and the related matters to it have changed. And reality is, we'll never know with one hundred percent certainty exactly what's going on, how things are gonna, how things have played out. But the man is still in the news to this day. So. By all means, please
0: continue. I don't know why this is news either, but it is. And so I think it's maybe time to somewhat revisit this. But basically, the Associated Press has come out with a story saying that I guess I'm assuming this this is because someone in, Colin, in Kaepernick's camp has said, hey, we need to be relevant again. So the statement comes out that uh, Colin has always been prepared to compete at the highest level and is in the best shape of his life. And Kaepernick has been putting things out on his social media account about how often he trains and what his training regimen is. And here's the thing. I have no doubt that at this point Colin Kaepernick is in excellent shape. Okay. None whatsoever. Uh, you know, he's 31 years old. So he's still, you know, of the age where he probably have multiple years left at the quarterback position. Potentially. If, if he wishes. Yep. Uh, you know, and he hasn't played. But he hasn't played since 2016. Because basically, I mean, I don't know what the league's gonna say, but we're gonna say because he was blacklisted, because that's exactly what happened.
1: The league's right? official stance is he was not, but we gave him money, so shut up.
0: Yeah. And right? And the thing is, he of all the people that are in the league, right, that are playing quarterback, you can't tell me that Colin Kaepernick, or at least what we expect Colin and Kaepernick to be is not one of the, you know, well, there are 32 teams in the NFL, correct, Carlos? There are. So you can't say that he's one of the, you know, he's not one of the 64 best quarterbacks to be a backup or a starter. You know what I mean? Like, that's ridiculous.
1: I can help you with that, simply going as far as the Green Bay Packers. Scott Tolzien started games for the Green Bay Packers. An era that I look back not fondly on. Literally anyone is better than Scott Tolzian. You are better than Scott Tolzian. And I've seen you throw.
0: Yeah. So thank you. Uh, I think, you know, and then it goes into talking about, well, some of the people, the situations where the, this backup got hurt or, you know, that he was about to sign with Seattle, but then Seattle said, Hey, you know, we don't want you to be the backup. You're good enough to be the starter. Like, first of all, I think that's just bullshit to say, the reason we didn't sign you is because we think you should be a starter, even though we need a backup quarterback, it is bullshit, right? Because I think at this point, realistically, I don't know, if he went back to the league and as a backup and got a chance and sort of proved himself or showed himself or the starter went down and he took over for a couple games or whatever and did well, you know, the potential for him maybe getting a starting job exists, right? But the whole thing is... The kneeling thing, right? Kneeling during the anthem, and and he's been the scapegoat because there are still players who kneel, yeah, right? Eric I, so, Reed.
1: So two things. So two things I'll say really quickly. Just to, just piggybacking off the point you just made. That's fair, and I do think it is a cop out for Seattle to get out of it because you know this scenario where you have a guy as a backup who could very well be a starter under the right circumstances happened already. Philadelphia Eagles won a Super Bowl with the backup who was previously the starter. That's played out. And in the following season, he was back to being the backup. And then when the starter got hurt again, Carson Wentz, that guy, he at least, uh, they were able to make a playoff run. Can be done. And it's not the worst thing in the world to have an overqualified backup for a short period of time. It's not the end of the world. And if Russell Wilson doesn't go anywhere, you can just have him sitting standing on the sideline. Now, the point you're making about the kneeling thing, I agree with you. There's still an aspect of that. But the truth is, I just think that the NFL has moved on. Like it matters. I get I get that it matters. I think the fervor about the whole kneeling thing isn't as much as it was. I think even the people who are complaining about are kind of like half hearted about it. Like, Oh, they shouldn't be kneeling. Do you really care that much? Uh, All right. Hand me another beer. Like,
0: yeah. But to that point, though, I mean, how often do you hear about Eric Reed, Carolina, you know, playing with the Carolina Panthers or Miami Kenny Stills, who continue to kneel every game? Yeah. That's How often I mean. do you hear about that?
1: Like I think this I think the you I don't think the novelty is worn out. I think I think even for the people who wanted to complain about it, they've gotten to the point where it's like, look, you're just beating a dead horse. I think the reason Colin Kaepernick is not in the NFL is that to a certain degree, he believes that he should be a starter, which he may have a legitimate argument for. He might not be wrong. But the longer it goes that he is not, the NFL moves on. Every year they get more players. So there are more players at the quarterback position who can play whether they're any good or not is a different conversation. There are plenty of guys drafted for the quarterback position that will never take a snap in the NFL because they're just not good enough. Colin Kaepernick was a known quantity, but every year that goes by it's he's not becoming more valuable to other teams. They're just it's out of sight out of mind oh yeah, Kaepernick. Ah, But you know what? I don't want to reach out to him. I don't want to have to deal with answering questions. I don't even know if he's any good anymore. I don't care whether he's in shape or not. At the beginning, I would say the whole kneeling thing was the biggest issue that Colin Kaepernick had. The biggest issue that Colin Kaepernick has now in 2019, I think, is a little bit of the stigma related to it. But I think the real reason that Colin Kaepernick doesn't really have a job anymore is that he's just become irrelevant to a lot of these NFL teams. They're like, look. I'm not going to extend myself. I'm not going to go out of my way. If you want to go to training camp and give it a shot, we'll look at you. But you're not on a priority list. I got a hundred guys who want to who want the backup backup job, and I don't know if you yeah. I don't know if he really wants to be a backup. I genuinely like no one has ever. I haven't seen an interview. Forget about Colin Kaepernick's people. I haven't seen one interview, one discussion where Colin Kaepernick flat out says, "You know what? To get back in the NFL, I'm willing to be a backup quarterback and play somewhere just to prove I can, and then let's see what happens from there." I haven't seen it. Yeah, and I think if he really want, there's nobody stopping him. If he really wanted to have that, and I understand the argument that oh well he shouldn't have to. Well, at this point now he has to, because the owners control hold the cards. They've paid him off. So as far as the collusion case, they paid him off. So that's off the table. So now it's like, would you? If you'd like to play, you're gonna have to accept a diminished role, and then you're gonna have to re earn the possibility of starting for somebody.
0: Yeah. Well, I also I think you know having been out for three years now makes you less attractive. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that there is a part of that you're going to have, you know, I, like I said before, I don't doubt that he's in shape. I mean, his his thing that he's put out on his, his social media, right, is, is that he's saying five a.m. five days a week for three years still ready. So he put out a video saying that I'm sure well, I-, I don't I don't you know, I don't doubt that is true. And I don't doubt that he's in great shape, but that doesn't mean he's in game shape. It also means
1: he hasn't taken a hit in three years. Which is a good thing and from a health standpoint. It's good in a way. But in another way, it means you don't know what your body is going to respond to if you're actually in a position to take contact. It's a position where you can t- Even though they've done a lot to protect the quarterback, you're still going to take some hits. You still have to be able to absorb those hits. It has been three years since he's actually had to take an NFL hit from somebody. Yeah. It changes things. It, it, we can use the same argument. You and I can get in shape. You know, NFL quality shape. I've never played tackle football. I can't speak for you. So I can't stand there and tell you definitively, yeah, I can take the hit. Maybe I can, maybe I can't. But I don't know. No one would know if I could take the hit, and I wouldn't know until I did. And yeah. how my body responds to that, and I'd have to figure that out. Even if I was in tremendous shape, I still wouldn't know until it actually happened and until I tested it. Right. Right. And Kaepernick at this point, he might as well be starting from scratch. Three years is a long time in NFL world. It means Absolutely. You've, been, you've been in the wilderness for 100 years at this point by comparison. Nobody knows if you can take the hit. Nobody knows if you can play up to that level anymore. And nobody knows what Colin Kaepernick would come in if he did try to play. So it's, it's a hard argument to make for him. I, I understand it. But even, if so, even teams that might have been willing to take a shot at it two years ago, it's been two more years. Every year that goes by, it's you're further removed from when you actually played.
0: All true facts, all true stories, and I think I also feel that it's possible that part of the uh the political aspect of this isn't going to go away as long as Trump is in the White House. And I this isn't I'm not going to get crazy political and I'm not going to to make a comment on the actual, you know, political nature of it, but the thing is Trump keeps he gets asked about it. He told the reporters cuz you know, Recently, on Friday. Yeah. So this I know, Friday.
1: I know there was a comment recently about it, yeah.
0: Right? He said, only if he's good enough. I know the owners. I know Bob Kraft. They will do anything they can to win games. So he didn't go in a super negative way. I mean, you said that. I think at this point, uh, it's
1: not worth touching. No. <laughs> Even as clueless politically as Trump is, he knows, like, why reopen this? Well, exactly. exactly. Just stay really neutral on it.
0: You know, and then there's the the Kenny Stills, who is... You know, the Dolphins ride receiver mm-hmm. who is very uh, – has been very vocal in, in about this and is one of the ones who's kneeling as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, how he's saying he has no hard feelings for the owner of Miami uh, who is a Trump supporter, right? And it's
1: – Which is a politically savvy thing for him to say. Everybody, yeah. Everybody here knows what the audience they're trying to speak to is.
0: Right. But, but he, you know, he's criticizing the owner, but then saying, well, I'm not criticizing the owner because of politics, but you're, you know, you're the owners a Trump supporter and you kneel. So, I mean, it's all tied together. It's just, I think, I think everybody would be better served if we just moved on from this. Right.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong though, uh, because it's been a while since I've thought about this one. Isn't the Miami Dolphins owned by a consortium? Isn't it a couple of people? The Miami Dolphins? I don't think it's just one principal owner.
0: Well, according, I don't know, but according to what I've read in relation to this issue, the owner of the Miami Dolphins is Stephen Ross. Right. So, and he's the one that Stills has been criticizing, uh, basically because he said there's a contradiction for, you know, supporting Trump, but then also saying you're for racial equality. But Stephen Ross is a founder of an organization called Rise which is a non-profit that strives to eliminate racial discrimination, champion social justice, and improve race relations. So, you know, there's a criticism there, and we bring this up because it's related to the the Kaepernick issue in general. But the thing is, in some ways, I mean, you know, you've directly criticized the owner, you've brought Trump into the equation, right? Kenny Stills is still playing. Kaepernick
1: isn't. Yeah, it kind of leads back to the point of the overarching point I was trying to make here is that the NFL owners can can say that they, you know, even even uh, even as a supporter of Donald Trump, the owner can at the end of the day, the owner wants a player that can play. Kenny Stills isn't really causing him a lot of issues. His statement is politically savvy from his perspective. But at the end of the day, is he going to take like a vindictive stance against Kenny Stills? What's the point? Again, the fervor about a lot of the kneeling stuff has kind of died down because, yeah, there are players who still do it. Do most people care? And that's kind of my overarching point that I made. Do most people care? Not really. Has the has the kneeling really done anything to raise awareness? I suppose. But I've always been, and I won't delve too deep into this, but I've always been of the opinion that raising awareness is awesome to a point. At a certain point, we're aware. What are you going to do about it? Because if people are aware and they don't do anything about it, then it didn't matter whether they were aware or not. That's just a general thought process I've always had. I'm glad you're aware. Now what are you going to do about it? Because if you're not going to do anything about it, then you may as well have been ignorant of it in the first place because it, your actions do not change. If you're ignorant of it, you don't do anything about it. And if you know about it and decide to do nothing about it, what's the difference? I suppose yeah. it makes it worse from your perspective, but it doesn't really change anything from a actionable items perspective, from a what actually happens now perspective. So, Kenny Steals the entire team can kneel. The people in the stands can kneel. The people outside the building can kneel. And if nothing happens, who cares? Well, yeah. It's not. You know, it's I, not a good it, statement on society that, that 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 is the case. No, but that it's is beyond it's, the it's, scope it's, of this It's hard to argue with forward. it
0: because, I mean, the examples of what they've been talking about and the the players and what they're fighting, you know, for the racial equality or police brutality. You know, it's not like that's gone away.
1: Yeah. So it's right? one of those things. Like I appreciate that the players continue to take their stand, and until something comes of it. I think part of the reason the fervor died down is that I think a lot of the folks that were complaining about it realized that actually it made no difference whether they did it or not. So it's actually become harmless. So in reality, let them all kneel. What difference does it make? Nothing.
0: You know what? And it just, it's one of those things where, you know, there's a lot of anger and fervor over a whole lot of nothing, really. I mean, it's, it's, you know what I mean? Like it's somebody's right to do it. If they wouldn't kneel, then they're going to kneel. And, you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, if it really upsets you that much, don't buy their jersey but or don't go to the game.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. Again, not going to go too deep into it, but the reality is this. As time goes on and you look at it, if you really look at it, objective, what you're going to realize is that the biggest truth about the First Amendment rights in the United States is that everyone loves the First Amendment until someone says something you don't like. Fact. At that point, then the First Amendment's out the window. Up until that point, I should be able to say anything I want. But if I don't like what you're saying, then the First Amendment doesn't apply. So it's 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 a it's a bit of a cop out. All those amendments have always been kind of a little murky, in, in that the application is questionable, and how and who's to decide when it applies, when it doesn't apply? It's supposed to be the Supreme Court, but again, it's wishy washy when that happens. I'm not going to get too deep into that because that would be three more podcasts, and I'm not interested. Yep. But, but in practical purposes, my overarching point is that the kneeling doesn't matter anymore. I am fine with the players doing it. I just don't think it's had the impact that they wanted. But I think they should be allowed to do it as long as they want. And I think the owner should leave that alone. And if you really want the player, and this goes back to the Colin Kaepernick point, I think if an NFL owner genuinely wanted Colin Kaepernick the player, if they felt that it was worth the potential aggravation, because I think the aggravation would be temporary. I think the hit would be initial. They'd be like, oh, why are you bringing Kaepernick? Because I feel like it. That's my answer. And if you stick to that answer, I promise you, you could put him on the field. And at the end of the day, people will look the other way.
0: Well, especially, I mean, the thing is, if he came back and he played well. No one cares. Gonna, no one cares. It's right. Fine. If he, if he's crap, you know, if he comes back and then he's cut not him. good, then, cut then yeah, like this is going to be there, but the better he is, you know, the less anyone's really going to care about it. I just think though,
1: that a lot of those NFL owners are looking at it from the perspective as like, well, we have no obligation. And at the same time, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to reach out to you to ask you if you really want to play. And at the same time, I've got plenty of other players that I can put in here who don't really force me to answer any questions. Mm-hmm. So really, you, Colin Kaepernick, for me as the owner, whether I'm interested in you or not, you're the pain in the ass. So going back to the Oakland Raiders story we talked about earlier, Antonio Brown's a pain in the ass, but they're they're, they're tied to him right now. They're paying him money to be a pain in the ass. So they're going to have to be tolerant. When the guaranteed money runs out, their tolerance may no longer last if he cannot produce. But that's the difference. is Up until this point, Antonio Brown has produced. Colin Kaepernick hasn't technically produced anything in three years because he hasn't played. So right now, nobody is attached to him. Nobody has a reason to bring him in. Nobody has a reason to ask him to play. It's gonna, if Colin Kaepernick would actually legitimately like to play, the onus is on him to go to them. Not the other yeah. way around. Not at this point.
0: Yep. Exactly.
1: So that's the main kind of uh, overarching topic. You know, there's a lot there. There's a lot of meat on that bone. And we could definitely go into a lot of different layers of it. And as I said, we're trying to mostly avoid the political part of it because I'm genuinely not interested. And that would require a different conversation where we'd have to sit there and really think about it and decide exactly how we want to present that to you.
0: Right. And we're not a political show.
1: Correct. What I will say, we're, we're a show that makes random fun of, you know, teams we don't like, players we don't like, Scott Tozin. And I feel bad, and I hope that next by next week I will come up with a backhanded way of bringing up Tom Brady, and not in a good way. But until then, I've got nothing right now. So, what are you looking forward to this week, Dave?
0: Uh, well, potentially the birth of my first child, but I could say that I could have said that for the uh, last few weeks. Not that I'm not looking forward to that. The reason I say potential is because who knows when my wife's going to go to labor. But in all honesty, uh, what sports-wise, what I'm looking forward to is the second semifinal leg of the Canadian Championship. So that is the soccer and, or the pretentious cross-country running if you prefer Carlos. Say,
1: I'm unfamiliar with that with that sport that you're referring to.
0: So Ottawa, Fury are taking on TFC. So this is one in particular I'm more focused on uh, because honestly, here's the thing. I know that, uh, that Montreal played Calgary this week as well in the other semifinal and I have no idea what happened. None whatsoever. Uh, But I do know that TFC beat Ottawa 2-0 in Ottawa, which gives them two away goals, as you know that the away goals are weighted a little bit higher. Uh, So moving into Toronto this week on Wednesday for the second leg, uh, obviously like TFC's chances. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and, And that's sort of the big thing this week that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, another thing that I'm, I would say, I'm looking forward to is the beginning of the Little League World Series, which uh, in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, which starts on August 15th and runs to the 25th. I'll, we we'll, am not gonna follow it religiously, or and I'm not gonna be looking at you know every single game, but we'll see what's on TV, uh, you know, which Team Canada games are on, or or which other games your know, TSN is putting on, and I, and I'll watch a little bit of that as well. So has that given you enough time to figure out what you're looking forward to, Carlos?
1: Yes, round twenty-two of the uh, premiership. The uh, no, I'm still I'm still watching the Aussie Rules football. I of I, course I, you are. I, I catch it when I can because it's flat out of fun. Like, we've already discussed this in a previous podcast. Like you know, a contact version of a sport where they're running around in Aussie accents hilarious. Just just the enthusiasm is is beautiful. It's contagious. You know what?
0: It's glorious. I will say this to the, to the the listeners here is that I am not a big Aussie Rules football guy. I'm I'm not, but you know. I do listen to my partner here on the podcast and a couple weeks ago when he first mentioned it for the first time saying, here's what I'm looking forward to, I actually caught that game. Uh, Not all of it, but some of it. And it was way more entertaining than I was expecting. Mostly because of the Aussie accents. I'm not going to lie. That is a huge part of it. But, you know, I don't dislike rugby and I know it's not rugby, but obviously there's a lot of rugby aspects to it. So in watching it, I'm like, you know what? This isn't half bad. If you've never watched it and you're just like, Carlos, we don't care, care enough to tune in at least once before, before you, you know, give it a shot before you decide that it's not worth it.
1: I already, while I appreciate the endorsement, I should point out that we literally have a segment of pretentious cross country running report. Like I wasn't kidding. Pretentious cross-cutting running is literally the poor man's version of Aussie rules football. It's got the same elements, but with scoring and contact, it literally has all the things that the other sport is missing that make it suck and it's actually got the plus the Aussie accents. It's vastly superior in every way. Really, we should reject that other sport out of hand. Never speak of it again. But I leave that to you. <laughs> beautiful game, whatever. If beautiful, maybe if you're blind, if you got one of your eyes poked out. Oh my wow. God! They scored! A wow, goal. man, you're just going ain't You like just listen. Wow. If if you listen right now in the course of this conversation, that sick burn right now. There's a player out in Europe who has just flopped. Right now, they felt my sick burn from this recorded podcast, and they've just gone down. I can just tell you right from here. I can I'm i not
0: going to deny that that is probably true.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying. Anyway, so that's what I'm looking forward to this week. We'll we'll come back with a more standard format. We'll be able to kind of plan it out a little better. But we wanted to still have a podcast out for you. So what I'm going to do is I will commit myself this evening to uh, putting up a little bit of editing and get this up for you. But before we go, there must be some shameless plugs because that cannot be left undone. You can check out the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. In addition to that, we've also got an Instagram at Unnecessary Podcast altogether, Twitter at un- Unnecessary_Pod, and our site is UnnecessaryPod.podbean.com. I've been a little tardy on getting some of the more recent uh, episodes up on there, but I will get this one up there, and hopefully with a little clip it on there where where Dave you know gives us a geography lesson and lets us know where Montreal really is because I didn't know. I, I saw the I saw the map for years and I didn't realize the line had moved. And I just, maybe, maybe Ottawa actually took some ground, much like Germany in World War II. They just, you know, annexed part, oh. of, uh, part of my, part of, uh, Quebec. I didn't know,
0: you know, things I will never live down.
1: Absolutely not. Not, not when it's Montreal, Dave, not when it's Montreal, <laughs> not you, <laughs> not you, Montreal. He teaches children. Everyone teaches children, hopefully not geography, but he teaches them anyway, with all that said and, uh, the amusement that I'm going to get from this one, uh, We'll take some time to properly enjoy and absorb. That is us, and we will catch you on the next episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast.